I want to talk to you tonight about Paul's unusual thank you. And that's what we read a minute ago in chapter 4, verses 10 through 17. It was a thank you. The church in Philippi had sent a messenger. His name was Epaphroditus. And he, they sent him basically to prison with a care package. Paul was in prison. And they sent a messenger with a care package. Look at verse 18 of chapter 4. But I have all and abound. Wow, what a great attitude for somebody who's sitting in prison. I am full, having received of Epaphroditus the things which were sent from you, an odor of a sweet smell, a sacrifice acceptable, well-pleasing to God. Now, I don't know what they put in their care package, but Paul certainly enjoyed it, didn't he? And so they had sent this man, Epaphroditus. As you read Philippians, you'll see that Paul talks about Timothy in chapter, the end of chapter 2, right? Maybe the end of chapter, no, end of chapter 3. Yeah, end of chapter 2. He talks about Timothy because Paul sent Timothy to be his messenger to the church of Philippi. And then he talks about Epaphroditus because the church of Philippi sent Epaphroditus to him as their messenger, all right? So, Paul is thanking them for his care package. Now, I want you to show, I, I want to show you Paul's thank you verse by verse. Verse number 10, Paul says, I'm glad that you had the opportunity to do this for me. Now, at first, it sounds kind of arrogant, but you got to follow what he's saying. Verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly not, that now at the last... That almost sounds sarcastic, doesn't it? Hey, thanks for what you did for me lately. But uh, that's not what he means, and you'll see that in a minute. I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at the last your care of me hath flourished again. It's still sounding kind of sarcastic here. Wherein you were also careful, meaning you wanted to. I know you cared about me, but you lacked opportunity. So that's what he's saying in verse 10. I'm glad that you finally had this opportunity. Verse number 11, he says, I'm not glad because I had been lacking anything. I'm glad, and I'll tell you why I'm glad, but he said, I'm not saying that I was lacking and I was in such a bad way and you helped me out. Look at what he says, verse 11. Not that I speak in respect of want, for I have learned in whatsoever state I am therewith to be content. So he's saying, I'm not thanking you for your care package because I was suffering before you sent it, and now I'm okay. No. Verse 12, he says in verse 12 that I've learned to get by under all conditions. Verse 12, I know both how to abound, and I know, I'm sorry, how to be abased, and I know how to abound. Everywhere and in all things, I am instructed both to be full and to be hungry, both to abound and to suffer need. So what he's saying is, I'm not saying I'm glad that you finally had the opportunity to do something because I was sitting around thinking, boy, the the Philippian people, they haven't done anything for me in a long time, and I'm glad they finally got around to it because I've been so hungry and I've been so lacking, and uh, now I'm doing okay. No, he said, I've learned, verse 12, I've learned to get by in all conditions. He said, I know how to get by when when, uh, I have plenty, And I know how to get by when I have nothing. By the way, you know, a lot of times it's harder to do the will of God when you have plenty than it is when you have little. 
Oh, you say, I'd like to try it. You know, let me try and, and I'll let you know. Uh, no, uh, I, um, I'm not going to run this in the ground because I have already, but I, I drove by two different occasions this morning, a, a church where I know, I know that uh, they have a, uh, uh, an abundance of empty classrooms that sat empty today and last week and the week before and the week before and the week before that. And I told the Lord how that's an imbalance, that's an injustice. It's not your fault, Lord, but it's not right. When we can't find places to put the people and they've got rooms that are sitting empty week after week after week after week, Lord, I'm asking you to fix that. And, um, but you know what? When you have an how many churches have I seen in my lifetime that have an abundance of space and they die? And so many times a thriving church are the ones where they don't have a place to put all the people. Anyway, he said, I've learned to get by in all conditions. Verse number 13, he said, I've learned to make Christ my strength. Now, you can see from this context that this is a slightly misused, slightly abused verse. I'm not against the way we use it, but look at the context. He says, I can do all things through Christ, which strengtheneth me. And uh, by the way, that's why in that context, it's saying, it doesn't say who. It says which, because which means he's the one that. And that's the point Paul is making. That, in other words, I do just as well when I've got nothing to eat and I don't know where the next meal is going to come from, as I do when I've got a room full of supplies, I do just as well because I have learned that the supplies are not my strength. Christ is my supply. He's my strength. And that's what verse 13 means. I can do all things through Christ. As long as he's my strength, I can do it. I can succeed. So, Verse 10, I'm glad you had the opportunity. Verse 11, I'm not glad because I've been lacking. Verse 12, I've learned to get by in all conditions. Verse 13, I've learned to make Christ my strength. But, verse 14, you did well to help me. Let's read it. Notwithstanding, you have well done that ye did communicate with my affliction. Now, communicate is a word used often in the epistles to mean giving. And so when he says communicate, he's not saying you wrote a letter, you made a phone call. He's saying you gave. You did well that you did communicate with my affliction. Verse 15, he says, I remember the early days when you were the only ones who helped me. Let's read it. Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me as concerning giving and receiving, but ye only. Verse 16, he says, you helped me, especially when I was serving in Thessalonica. Verse 16, for even in Thessalonica, you sent once and again unto my necessity. And now verse 17 is where we're going to focus the rest of our time. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruit that may abound to your account. What an intriguing thought. Paul said, I'm not excited because I received something. I'm excited because you gave and you're going to be rewarded. Now, there's something about that that probably makes us a, a little bit suspicious because it sounds like something a televangelist would say. 
We, we're not, we don't want money for our ministry. We just want you to be blessed. And so send it all in. Send it all out because we want you to be blessed. There's some dude uh, on the, the, the INSP channel. That's where you find all your westerns, your old bonanzas and, and gun smokes and, and all those. Uh, i got to not talk about them because I'm afraid God's going to ask me for that next. But anyway, um, but I fell asleep the other night watching Gunsmoke, and I mean, I woke up in a wee, 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 wee hours of the morning, and there was some show on called Camp Meeting, of all names. Why'd they have to use that one? Camp Meeting, and there's a dude on there. I mean, he, I, he was pitching some ideas and twisting some scriptures. I'm going, bro, man, back off. That's And, and, to, and to ruin the name Camp Meeting with all this swindling. But anyway, uh, but that's how, as, as my son says, that's how they get you uh because they're they they come at you with oh no no we just want you to be blessed we want you to be blessed so send all your money to us so you can get blessed and so uh, we we a little bit wait a second paul you're you're saying that you're not excited to receive this gift you're just happy that we'll be rewarded for giving it but wait a second folks we're talking about a man who's in prison We're talking about a man who went to jail when he started this church. We're talking about a man who had been whipped within one swing of his life on several occasions. We're talking about a man who had been stoned and left for dead. So we're not talking about some televangelist phony. We're talking about the real deal, a man who has proven himself. And he says to them in this long progression of ideas that we just walked through from verse 10 to verse 17... He says, I wasn't so much excited to receive the gift that you gave as I was the fact that you're going to be rewarded for giving. What was Paul saying? He was saying, I love every opportunity that you have to be rewarded eternally. Just a couple of thoughts here. And don't forget, I'm still counting on you to give a testimony or two. If we could at least have three so that I don't look totally stupid, all right, when I open up the floor here. But um, most Christians, I said this this morning, maybe not exactly these words, but most Christians give little or no thought to their eternal portfolio. And it shows just how little we really believe. Because we spend our whole lives getting ready for that last 20 25 years and we should that's prudent I'm not saying we should not but how can we do that and give no thought to forever I'm thinking maybe we don't really believe that it's gonna that that it's it's gonna pay off like the Bible claims it's gonna pay off I I wish you could sit and talk some time with, and I'm not going to get too far off on this, because, but, but with Dr. Russell Anderson, a, a millionaire, and he has spoken for us on a couple of occasions, a multimillionaire when he was a younger man, and it was very obvious that uh, he was good at turning a buck. Some people just have that gift. He was very good at building businesses and turning a profit. And so he went to some preachers that he respected and he, uh, he said, you know what, I feel like God's called me to preach. 
And one preacher said, um, he said, wait a minute. He said, um, do you really feel like God's calling you to preach? He said, well, no, actually I don't. He said, but I just love the Lord so much that I'm not content to just make money. I want to do something for God. And the preacher said, if you feel that you, that you want to do something for God and you feel that desire in your heart, he said, do you know that your gift is a very rare gift in God's work? He said, I would ask you to pray about giving your life to making money and pouring that money into soul-winning ministries around the world. And so that's what he decided to do. And he spent his life building businesses and using the profits to finance. I, th- I think even right now in the Philippines, if I'm not mistaken, he still does this. He's done this for years. He, uh, he sends, he, he pays the full-time salary of college students sends it to the Philippines. So instead of every day after class going and um, going to a job where they work for 40 hours to pay their school bill, he pays them to go soul winning for 40 hours a week. So he pays their school bill and they go out soul winning. Say, so why would he do that? Because he believes all of his heart he's converting dollars into eternal rewards. I wish, you say, I think that's crazy. I know, that's why most Christians give little or no thought to their eternal portfolio. Let me move off of that. The pastor's job, number one, is to lead you to care about eternity. To make you think about what is beyond the grave and what's on the other side. And the pastor's job is to give you opportunities to earn eternal rewards now I'm not saying that you wouldn't do that on your own there's some people that would not do that on there there's some people that earned eternal rewards today that you're not even aware that you did you love the Lord and you love your church and you said hey if the church is doing this Sunday dinner I want to be a part of it you're not even aware that you very innocently and and willfully invested in your eternity and when you stand before the Lord Jesus Christ at the judgment seat of Christ, that is where it is going to be determined what we will be rewarded for our service. Don't, never, never forget, the great white throne judgment is for people who do, have never received Christ as their Savior, and everybody who stands in judgment at the great white throne is going to be cast into hell. The Bible is very clear about that. But, There's another, because your sins were judged on the cross, you'll never stand judgment at that. You've you've already been judged at that judgment, the great white throne. But there is now another judgment seat for you and for me. And that's called the judgment seat of Christ. That judgment, the, the great white throne is like a courtroom where everybody's found guilty. The judgment seat of Christ is more like an award ceremony. Now, it is a severe one. It's not to be taken lightly. But where all of your service for the Lord and all of your motives are going to be judged, and then it will be determined what your eternal rewards would be. And listen, you're not going to get some plastic trophy that you're going to stick on the the shelf and, and it'll collect dust. 
We're talking about things that are going to matter to you. We're talking about as you watch other people being rewarded for their service, you're going to look back at your life and say, oh, man, I hope I did something so I can get some part of what he's receiving. You're going to want it when the time comes. And my job is to give you opportunity to earn eternal rewards. That's why my first goal, honestly, in all of our ministry efforts is to give you the opportunity to serve. My desire in missions is not to score points with missionaries or mission boards or be able to stand up and say, let me tell you how many missionaries we support. No, that's not what it's about. I don't even make that. I, I preached at a missions conference two weeks ago, and I didn't even mention how many missions we, missionaries we support. That's not the point. The point is that by giving to missions, you are earning re- eternal rewards. That's why we want to support soul winners. We want to support people that are going to win souls and bring people to Jesus Christ. By the way, I never told you this story. This is, this is cool because this tells you something you've invested in. We have supported since way back in the, in the 90s, back in the VFW days, we have supported a man named Andrew Steers. And uh, he and his wife are faithful soul winners serving the Lord in Australia. And I tried to go with the accent there, but I missed. So uh, serving the Lord in Australia. So two weeks ago, we were in Canada. And who did that? Whoever did it, you nailed it. That was good. Uh, You thought you were in trouble. I was going to clap for you. Um, But uh, we were in Canada, and the second night of this missions conference, they had a new missionary come in, and so there was a men's meal before, or men's like dessert before the service. They had brownies and ice cream and pie and, 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 and lots of other desserts, and at the end of the table was a bowl of kale salad. How many think anybody took some of the kale? So nobody. It didn't get touched. Anyway, so we got our desserts. We came back to this round table setup, and they basically just just um, sort of grilled the missionary because they were they were considering him to take him on. And this this fellow was from Australia. Went to college with Brother Zach, new Brother Zach, from Australia, and in his testimony. He said, I, I, I praise the Lord. for." The, and, and he didn't know. There was no connection here. He just randomly said, I praise the Lord for the way that a man named Brother Andrew Steers influenced me. And uh, how he pushed me over the edge to go to Bible college and serve the Lord. And so he's on deputation to go to the mission field because our missionary, Andrew Steers, mentored him. Now, that's awesome. You know why? Because that's fruit to your account. Your faith promise giving that has kept Brother Steers and has helped keep them on the field paid off as he reaped the fruit of encouraging another young man to go uh, to the mission field. That's my goal with the radio broadcast, all right? You know it's coming up in a couple of weeks when we have our, our uh, Christmas Sunday. We'll put the manger down here, and we will give, and everything that go, comes in that offering helps pay for the radio broadcast the following year. And we've been on the air now. Uh, we w- this will be, we will finish, ten- we will have our 500th consecutive broadcast in February. And we will finish 10 years on the air in July. 
and we have never one time had the radio station call us and say, uh, we, we need your payment. We, we always keep up with it, and, and uh, it's, it's paid on time. Has been for we, When we started, we didn't know if we were going to be able to keep it on the air, and, and you've kept it on the air for 10 years. And the Lord only knows how many people have come to Jesus Christ through the radio broadcast. You know, we were standing in line this morning. Uh, the, the, the folks were standing in line to get fed this afternoon, and I'm, I'm going to eat up our time if I'm not careful. Um, and uh, a fella, uh, he, he had been to the dinner before. I recognized him. And he goes, Pastor, he said, that alto that you had singing on the radio this morning was amazing. So a man that came to the meal today listened to the broadcast this morning. And by the way, I said, that's, that's my wife. That's her over there. And so he had to go and, and sing her praises to her, which, of course, she hated to uh, hear those compliments. But anyway, uh, he, and I think she, he came up to her again after the service to tell her what a great voice she has. And I tell her, but, but uh, uh, maybe she doesn't believe me. I don't know. But anyway, um, but it's, I, think, I think it's I've told you the story. I won't tell it again about how when we closed on our refinance, the attorneys and bankers were talking about our radio broadcast. And he said, the, one, the, the bank's attorney, he said, everybody I go to and say, give me this on Northeast Baptist Church, they say, oh, that's the church with the radio program. He said, that happened time and time again. He said, until finally, I got to ask you, what's the deal with this radio program? Praise the Lord. That's fruit that abounds to your account. The bus ministry. The investment that you make in the bus ministry. I'm just telling you right now, this is, this is uh, getting ahead of myself. I was going to save this for the beginning of the year. But 2019, we're putting two. We're, we just got to do it. We got to put two full-size buses on the road. That bus was supposed to be bus number two. Bus number one died. Then bus number two died. We just got to. I'm not talking about the little bus. That was just supposed to be extra. Uh, this this city is screaming for two size uh, uh, full size buses on the road, and we just need to make that happen in 2019. You say, "Oh my goodness, Pastor, you just ruined a, a great day. You just ruined it by saying that." Uh, I want fruit that abounds to your account. That's why we knock doors. We don't knock doors as primarily a church building. You say, "What?" Well, I do it primarily. So that you'll have fruit that will abound to your account. Now, um, I'm all done with the message. I just want to make this statement. You laid up treasure today. You laid up treasure today. And uh, I would like to hear, I know Amy told me a story that I want to hear. And every one of us has various experiences that uh, encounters people we met and uh, think great things that happened. And if you have something you'd like to share, and Brother Freddie will bring you the microphone, because I like to put it on record. We've never done this before. Uh, we've never put the testimonies on record. And if it's 10, it's 10. That's fine. If it's 3, it's 3. But I'd like to hear. Te- who has something you say? I'd like to tell something that the Lord did today at the Sunday dinner. Cheryl, go ahead, Brother Freddie, if you would, please. It's mandatory. <laughs> um, today, um, well, let me start with this. Um, a year ago, I, I, um, see if this is gonna, I volunteered at um, Pembroke School um, helping children that um, had a hard time reading and reading recovery. Um, and and um, I had this little guy named Yuri, and um, it took a while to warm up, and he finally, we, we just really connected, and 
when I'd get out in the hall, I'd share Jesus with him uh, as much as I could get away with. And, and then I ended up meeting his mom at the Y, and um, I shared Jesus with her. But there was a huge language barrier between us. So that I, as much as I could, I, and I gave her a track and um, said, have an English friend read this to you. Well, today, just at the end of the dinner, um, this little guy came looking for me, and he, he said, Miss Cheryl, Miss Cheryl. And I said, Yuri, oh, my goodness. And, and I, I grabbed him and hugged him, and he said, I said, is your mom here? And he said, yes. He said, so he took me to his mom, and she grabbed me and hugged me. And she said, um, I said, this, this dinner is put on by my church. And she said, yes. And she said, uh, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm so excited. Um, but she couldn't express to me what she wanted. But the main thing is I prayed for them after I volunteered with this little guy. I prayed for his mom. They're, they're really in distress, this family. Horrible things happening in the household. And I prayed for them. And today I knew that they heard the gospel not only in English right. but in Spanish. Yes, amen. So praise the Lord. Praise God. That is awesome. Thank you so much, Cheryl. Thank you for doing that. Somebody else, something that uh, you saw or something that blessed your heart today that you want to share about the, about the dinner? Anybody going once, going twice? All right, Amy, go ahead. There was a young man there today with sort of um, reddish-orange colored pants and blue glasses, like electric blue glasses. I don't know if uh, he kind of stuck out a little bit. But when I was serving, uh, helping people get to their seats and serving their plates, he kept pointing to me and then doing like binocular motions on his eyes. And I could not figure out what he was trying to tell me, but I still had like three more plates to bring back. And I'm trying to remember, you know, some people only want turkey and mashed potatoes. And <laughs> so I'm trying to remember three separate orders. So I, I went like this and I said, one minute, I'll be, I'll be right there. So I brought the plates back, delivered, and then I walked over to them. And I said, I'm so sorry. I don't know what you're trying to tell me. And he said, I want to thank you for seeing me. And he said, you said hi to me and you talked to me when I came in. Thank you for seeing me. He said, nobody sees me anymore. It's like I'm not a person. Hmm. And I said, well, the only reason I saw you is because God saw me. And God sees you. And I hope you know today how much he loves you. And I was watching him out of the corner of my eye while you were talking and giving the gospel. And he, he was crying off and on through the whole thing. Um, he, did, he raised his hand for salvation Praise at the end. But I thought, you know, so many of these people, and, and several of them were hanging out at the end today. It's like they just didn't want to leave. If they don't come to something like this and, and we don't take the time to show them that they're loved, where are they going to feel it? Who's going to see them? <laughs> No, nobody treats them like human beings. And it just really impressed on my heart again today. This is why we do it. It's, it's so that we can go where they are and let them know that they're loved and they're cared about. And, of course, the fact that his eternity is now secure is Amen. the most wonderful thing. But I just praise the Lord for everybody who gives and works. And um, this is a special church to do something like that. Most most people don't care. And um, I'm just grateful to be a part of a group of believers who care about people in this way. Praise the Lord. Amen. 
That's good. Very good. Somebody else. Let's make it three. Somebody. Uh, go ahead, Noah. Thank you. That's awesome. Thank you guys for your help today, too. That was great. So, uh, Taylor and I met a lady tonight or earlier today named Shirley. And she had a lot to say, you know, one of those ladies that you kind of choose your ear off. But uh, in the midst of all her ramblings and telling about her family and, like, losing family members and hardships, um, she was talking about how she lost her fiancé and how that was a burden for her. But she kept saying, well, Jesus is my boyfriend and God is my boyfriend. And, uh, yeah, she was awesome and... Yeah, I mean, if you're if you're single or if you're in a relationship, I mean, I told her Jesus is really the best boyfriend you could ever have. Yeah, um, so yeah, she was awesome. We drove her home to her wow. wherever she not her house but shelter wherever yeah. she stayed, and uh, she got in our car and she was like, "Honey, do you have anything for me?" She just asked if we had any gifts for her, which I thought was really funny, but we did. We gave her, like, a cross necklace to uh, remember us by, wow. and, yeah, she was, uh, she was a very sweet lady, and we'll be praying for her, and, yeah. That's so awesome. That's so awesome. Thank you very much. That, that's a blessing. That's good. Anybody else? Go ahead, Brother, brother Emil. That's good stuff. As I was uh, repeating pastor's message today, and uh, I did as much as I could following your message. And as I asked everybody to cross their eyes, we're going to pray. And uh, you're able to repeat the prayer I'm going to do by surrendering yourself to God and get his salvation for yourself. And be saved. So when you die, you will go to heaven. That's the first time I saw a number of hands went up, maybe five, mm. four, maybe. Amen. But uh, I was amazed to see that they were responsive to his salvation. Praise the Lord. Yeah. Amen. Thanks, God, for that. Amen. I'm so glad to have Brother Emil. To... We just decided it's been working better the last couple of times for, for me to, to give the gospel in English and then him to give it separately in Spanish so, so that we can both keep our flow and so forth. But... That's good. Someone else? That's awesome. Brother Zach, go ahead. Uh, a few months ago when we went to the uh, Sight and Sound Theater and uh, got to see that show, the scene, and I was telling the church last Sunday, that stood out to me the most was um, the Maniac of Gadara and how Mark chapter 5 just kind of came to life. And you see how Jesus totally went out of his way across the Sea of Galilee through that storm just to get to that man and to reach him. And you're sitting there and you're watching that scene and seeing the power of it and just, for me anyways, looking at it and saying, hey, that's, that's what it's all about, hmm. reaching the individual person. Yes, and today, you know, mostly at these dinners, you, for me anyways, it can be a little overwhelming making sure everyone's quiet while you're talking, which they weren't doing today. <laughs> um, you know, and make sure the kids are listening and sitting down. But just talking to a few of the people and sitting back watching the Daniels girls and our teenagers uh, serve these people, seeing Noah and Taylor jump in and just realizing, hey, we're, we're doing that today. We're reaching individual people. Amen. And 
it can be maybe an inconvenience to some people and go out of our way and a lot of money and a lot of work and a tiring day, but we're doing what Jesus would want us to do. Amen. And uh, it's just a blessing to me today. Amen. 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 Queenie, you had your hand up. Do you want to go ahead? Come on down here. Um, today, I finally got to see Larry again. It's been, I think, about a year since she hasn't come. Um, today, I did talk to her. Uh, me and a few other people have actually convinced her to come back. So she is actually coming back next week. All right. And along with her, she's going to be bringing her boyfriend, and my father is going to be coming back along Excellent. with both of them. Very good. Way to go. Man, you were busy today, Quinn. Awesome. <laughs> God bless you. That is awesome. Very good. A uh, couple of quick stories. We'll be, it's only 7 o'clock. I'm usually just getting wound up by now. Um, first of all, the, I think it was the second guy through the door today was introducing himself to everybody as Jesus Christ. And, uh, you know, just being a smart aleck. And that's okay. Smart alecks are welcome, too. Um, but he came and he sat right in the front row, second person in. Well, the lady that was sitting next to him, she, she made a beeline over to the heater because her hands were freezing. And um, so when she finally took a seat, I looked and I found and, and somebody had given some gloves and there were some hand warmers there. And so I took her a pair of gloves and hand warmers, and I said, here, these will, these will help you out when you leave. And uh, so the man who introduced himself as Jesus Christ was sitting right next to her, and he very humbly. It was different. I mean, he came in. I don't know if, how many of you met him, but, I mean, he just was off the wall, like arrogant, you know what I mean? Very humbly. Said, could I have some? I went back over, got another pair of gloves, another set of heat warmers and uh, hand warmers and gave it to him. And he said, thank you very much. And, uh, you know, that's that's the kind of just little change that is so fun to to show that you care and show that uh, to show when there, there were a couple of people there that were just pretty wound up today. Um, and uh, just to show them that it's OK. You're welcome here. We love you. You're not under uh, uh you know, whatever, and under our analysis for your behavior, you're welcome here. And um, so that was a blessing. You, you noticed um, the the fellow Tom was sitting on the, I think, second row over here on the aisle. And when I was giving the gospel, he said, that's John 3.16. And uh, he came up to me while Brother Emil was speaking, and he just started quoting scripture. He knew scripture. I never, I, I don't I have memorized. I couldn't, he's, he's quoting scripture from Ezekiel. I'm not sure I could quote a verse from Ezekiel. He's, he's giving me all kinds of scripture and he's standing there talking and he, he wasn't like, you know, wild eyed crazy. Uh, I mean, I don't know his story, but I'm sitting there thinking, I wonder what his story is. Here's a fellow that probably grew up in church. Maybe even was a preacher who knows. And, uh, Life got very challenging to him somewhere, very difficult. And uh, I told him when, when I said goodbye to him, I said, I hope I, hope I see you again sometime. And uh, that's the hardest part about this thing is you, you don't, it's hit and miss whether you can actually track somebody down. And, uh, and then I have a confession to make, all right? I think I have license to do what I did. But um, we were giving those things away. And um, the fella on the front row, about six people down in the front, said, uh, I need a coat. 
when we brought up those two coats. I need a coat. And, but I wasn't paying any attention to him, but I heard it. I need a coat, man. I need a coat. I looked, I glanced over. He just had a, a shirt on. And so those two coats came up. And, and he, I heard him say, he said, man, pull 609 out of there. But I didn't react. But I called 609, and I didn't pull it out of the basket, you know. So in case you think that was, that was a, an act of God, um, it was. He just did it through me, all right? I, but anyway, um, and then I was so glad that uh, that coat was too small, but we had another one that was right. And he, because, listen, uh, here, here's my thought on the whole matter. Uh, you say, that's an injustice or something. Well, here's the thing. I didn't want somebody to get a coat that, that already had one or when we've got a man that needs one right here. And he was, he, was, he was another. He was wound up. He was, you know, smart aleck all day. But he walked home with a coat that fit him. And then as I was giving the gospel today, just something, something got a hold of me as I was praying the sinner's prayer. I don't know what it was, maybe the thought that right now, because, you know, when you're leading the group in praying and asking, and but they, they were so loud today during the gospel. I don't know what that was about. I wish they'd get as quiet when I'm giving the gospel as they do when I'm calling those numbers. But uh, anyway, um, they were so loud, and I wondered if I was making any difference whatsoever. But um, I, I knew I had, I could see I had a few people f- focused in on me. And... Um, just the thought. You don't know who's praying with you. You don't know if there's one or two or ten. You don't know. And just the thought that somebody right now is connecting with God just overwhelmed me. And uh, But praise the Lord was all said and done. We had our folks out there counting and double-checking. But uh, we, we fed at least 148 people. And at least, between English and Spanish, at least 24 people put their faith in Jesus Christ today. And that is fruit that abounds to your account. No, you weren't standing up front like me to, and, and, and giving the gospel. But, um, oh, wow, I've been doing a video for the last 40 minutes. Way to go, Pastor. Um, and my light's on. Okay. Um, so we got two recordings of the message. Anyway, um, you weren't standing up there like me or Brother Emil giving the gospel. But if I understand Matthew right, where Jesus said that the one who gives a cup of cold water in my name gets the same reward as the prophet does, then the person that was scooping out the mashed potatoes gets the reward for the people fed and the people saved, the same reward as the preacher does. The people, the person that, that, uh, the people that set up this morning and cleaned up and cooked and gave and you slaved in your kitchen and so much, just, just countless man hours. And uh, I know how when you're working by yourself and Satan comes and whispers, you, nobody's ever going to find out about this. You're doing this in private. You're not going to get any credit. You're going to get rewarded. I believe you have been rewarded. And you'll meet that reward at the judgment seat of Christ. And so praise the Lord. What a wonderful day. It is an honor to do what we do. And uh, pray that God will continue to bless. I pray, I don't know if it will happen in my lifetime, but I pray that someday it becomes an every week ministry somewhere, somehow, in a building that we own with a, with a team that doesn't, you know, uh, you say, oh, I can't even imagine doing that every week. I mean, we're, as the church gets larger, that we have either a dedicated team or two dedicated teams that swap Sundays or something like that. 
where just like we have a dedicated bus ministry team, we have and a dedicated RU team, we have a dedicated Sunday dinner team. Wouldn't it be great if we could get to that place? Anyway, God bless you. Thank you. And uh, let's, let's stand to our feet and have a word of prayer.